Punkt. What's wrong, Al? What's wrong with you, mate? <laughs> Just, what can you do, pal? We won. We put my head on We won. We scored four. Hoyland scored. Anthony scored and assisted. Yeah. Smile. Did you not see, uh, <laughs> did you not see Hoyland's celebration? <clears throat> Admirable, I thought. He was so angry, like, he was so upset. I was like, yeah. It was one of those games where I wasn't going to um, give him any flack because he wasn't getting the service this time round. Yeah, there's like he was making a lot of runs. No, no, we're true to the next and round, but if we get Forest away, if we, actually, if we get Bristol City, is it Forest or Bristol City at home? Yeah. <laughs> Forest will give us a good run. They'll, of course they will. Absolutely give us a good run for our money. Like, they're a good side. And they are a good side. We're good not. players. And they've got a good manager there now to. Mm. to. to. Um, to get those players gelling because they spent a lot of money last year under uh, was it Cooper mm-hmm. but anyway this is the Darren Fletcher episode of the United Way yeah. episode 24 I'm Al Foran I'm Damien Broderick and uh, we're obviously going to react to the uh, game yesterday <laughs> yeah. go on no. Al, Al's, Al's the press so we'll get his out of the way first go well on. I mean, you go 2-0 up, you're clasping your hands together, you're thinking, like you're not like overly... It's Newport County. Yeah, it's no, Newport no, County. No disrespect to them. But there, you're like, ah... Oh, that should be expected. I can sit back and I can, I can enjoy this now. You it, know, it should I, be expected to get a result like that off yeah. of Newport. Absolutely, absolutely. I was thinking, we went 2-0 up, Jesus, this might be 5 or 6. Great. Let's, you know, let's see what this very strong team can do. Um, with the, the midfield of Casemiro... Moineau, Moineau, Bruno, and and, and Bruno, which um, on paper is probably your first choice midfield. Yeah, yeah. We had probably on paper our first choice back four. Yes. And on paper, minus Rashford, you probably had our first choice. Actually, no. Dallow does not get in there. Well, why, why does Dallow get in there? Not not our first choice back four. Oh, ten high. But the managers for yeah. sure. Yeah. Moines the keeper, and the absence of Rashford, it's probably. Ten Hag's first choice eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It um, is. and we can see two goals to Newport County. Yeah, because Dallow wasn't tracking back. Yeah. Now, I said, I said it to Dave, our producer, before we went on air. I think Bristol, uh, Bristol. I think County probably deserved the goals. They applied a bit of pressure. You don't score a goal without deserving. Well, the it. first goal was unbelievable, but it came out of nowhere. But uh, and it also took a massive deflection. I don't think it goes in without the deflection. Yes. I'm, I'm being honest, yeah. right? Yeah. And even the second one, if you look at it, like Did you hear the comms on BBC? Varan greatest, one of the greatest FA Cup goals in the last few years. They obviously weren't they 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 were saying this before they were watching the replay. Yeah. Like <laughs> um even even the second goal, Varan Varan kind of falls asleep and he gets in front of him in the near post. But if if you look at the replay again, it takes a nick off Varane. Yeah, it did. And that's probably what sends it past the keeper. Mm, um, yeah. Now, there is an element that you create your own look. Yeah. You have to get into those positions, you have to put the ball into those positions in order to create the goals, to create the opportunities and for luck to play mm. its part. Absolutely. But 
yeah, we should we shouldn't be conceding two against the. Did we let them? We let them seep in for but, for for a, cer- for a certain period of the game. But put it this where way: where we were pegged back against if, them. If we didn't, if we didn't come out of the gates as quick as we did and score two goals early on, and that goes two 0 to them, we lose that toy. Oh, absolutely! Because they just then park yeah. park the bus and then we're out. Yeah, and they were committing bodies at the, at, at the back, weren't they? Some of the blocks they made were fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, Was Delaney? I think isn't it the Irish? Yeah. The Irish lad. Yeah, yeah, had two brilliant blocks. Shout out to the manager. Uh, Irish man, a Dublin man, yeah, Brian Hocklin. Yeah. And a big United fan. Big United apparently. fan. So shout out to him. Delighted for him. You know, he, he got to experience this toy. Uh, and manager. And him and his team made a good account of themselves. Yeah, yeah. They absolutely made a good account of themselves. Um, Graham, if, you've ever, if you'd ever like to come on the podcast, yeah, you're more than it's welcome. an open invitation. We'd love to have you on. Um, speak about your experience. Any, any positives from the game? No. Really? Uh, no, no. I, look, M- minus the results and minus no, the, the opposition. players. Great to have Martinez back. And uh, I thought he played well. I don't think he was under yeah. immense pressure, but I thought he played well. Yeah, he, he played with great composure. Delighted for Kobe Mainu. Yeah, um, getting his goal. Getting his goal. But uh, also getting so advanced up the pitch, which I think yeah. the, with Casemiro being there, it allowed him to do so. Yeah, yeah. And I think the manager probably like used the toy to experiment on that a little bit. Yes, yeah. Knowing that Mainu has youth on his side, so he's going to have the legs to be able to get back. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting to see. I thought um, I, I thought Anthony was good and bad in certain periods. But, I thought he was very good for the for the assist. He, he got an assist and a goal, I know, but but it kind of boosts up the performance. Like does I thought Garnacho was very frustrating. Yeah, there was probably two or three moments Selfish when yeah, and, and Hoyland was going absolutely nuts at him. He was infuriated by how selfish Garnacho was. Mm. Um, well that's something the manager should be clicking into like there's that famous thing that Rio Ferdinand said like, you know Fergie was just like if you don't pass the ball to Van Persie you're dropped yeah like the manager needs to be saying this to the wide men like we've spent 70 million quid on this kid and he's making the runs he's getting into the positions give him yeah. the fucking ball yeah he is do you know what I mean um, so I think there's there's that element I think there, there was a, a a moment in the game and this is like a minuscule moment nothing, nothing that came off but it kind of just summed up Anthony as an entire player for me he has his back to goal almost the ball is squared to him and Delore was making a run outside kind of an overlap and he's actually left footed so a simple sweep of the outside of the foot yeah. and the ball goes out but he stood rolls it back and then sweeps it out and I'm just thinking like why like like why is your forced thought process to make something look good rather than just fucking do it? Yeah. Like, and even the opportunity he got to put the like um, the cut back, and he he's inside and he tries to hit the top bins and he puts it over the over the bar. No. Like, why? Like, 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 why try to hit the top corner? Just hit the fucking target. No. Just score. It's just they seem to just do the wrong things. His decision making is awful. It's Hit- their decision making, and it's they're they're. They try to be far too intricate in their in their attacking play when going forward. There is, you know, yes, when it comes off, it looks great, but they try it far, way too much. All these little one touches in in tight spaces and all that. It's just mm. they overcomplicate it at times, and it's like just fucking play it, play it simple at times. Like even that's why I go back to Garnacho, like the opportunities that he had, you know, to to put to put to put a goal on a plate for Hoyland mm. and he decided to be selfish or he overcomplicated I think there's one of them where Bruno, Bruno is his, almost his back to goal and he sweeps it over and Garnacho's through and I think on his second touch 
his second touch should have been sweeped inside. Yeah. And it's an easy tap in then for Hoyland. Yeah. Isn't that Ajax football though? Well, with, to, to, a, to a degree. But I can't play the Ajax football with this team, so there's nothing we can do with playing that football. <laughs> I said in interview that we cannot play Ajax football because this team do not have philosophy to play. So, hey, hey. Well, even Ajax don't play Ajax football anymore. So, oh, they don't. They don't. There's a lot to react to. Obviously, we 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 can react to that game yesterday, and we're through uh, to the next round. So before we before we go there, my my real positive for the game was I spoke to Dave before. It was like this was the first time since Ten Hag came over that I saw actual patterns of play. I know it's against Newport. I know they're a League Two side, and we put out basically our full strength <laughs> no, squad. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we should be dominating the game for the most part for the first thirty-five minutes. But like, yeah. but I, I think after the second half. So I think um, I was watching it on Premier Sport. I think it was, and one of the commentators said that like um, I had it on the Beeb. Eleven, eleven times this season, United have conceded a goal within the first five minutes of second half. Oh, Eleven times more than any other side in the Premier League, right? Which is a joke, a trout, right? That is a, that is a joke, right? Yeah. Um, because if you go into halftime drawing a game, and you come straight out and then you're behind, yeah, like you're in trouble. And that's why we are where we are in the league. And it's that stat that is the worrying stat yeah. that we can see within five minutes of the second half. That is worrying, yeah, right? It is. But if you notice, my news goal and Bruno's goal were orchestrated pretty much the exact same way. Hoyland makes a run deep. I know said this on an earlier episode, what a striker's role is when he's not getting the ball. The runs that he doesn't get the ball on. Yeah. You run, drag the defence with you, and it creates a huge gap in between the defence and the midfield. Yeah. And that's where players like Bruno, or like whether it's Mount, or where Sancho should have been operating with if the guy got off FIFA for five minutes. Um, <laughs> and then Garnacho or Anthony whoever it is pulls the ball back and then you create an opportunity to yeah, score yeah. so like I mentioned it again with City's patterns of play where Grealish or whoever it is it kind of comes inside and there's an overlap and then there's a pass to the boil oh on there's it. always an overlap yeah, yeah right so we probably created that exact pattern of play six or seven times yeah yes, the Anthony should have scored Bruno should have had four yeah do you know what I mean? Um, that like, and I know bef- before people start going for the juggler here, I know it's a league two side that we're playing against. But that's what we should be doing all the time, every yeah. week, every week. No matter who the opponent is, we should be capable of doing that. Yeah. Because you can't say we don't have the players to do it. We do. They're all top professionals. They're all top internationals. Mm. And last night was a clear display that they're capable of doing it. Yeah. And then, but it's foot off the gas. That was exactly what it's exactly what I said to Dave. It's exactly what I said. They've done it in the Champions League as well. Yeah. My God, where they've they've controlled the the first half of the game, and it's just it's capitulation. What was that game where France bet someone was it Gibraltar or somebody bet them about fourteen nil or something? Yeah. um, It was only recently. Yeah. Dave's looking up there now. Gibraltar. Gibraltar. Yeah. And fourteen, right? There's a clip online of Deschamps in the dressing room with that, and I think they're about seven up at half time or something. Yeah, and he literally is saying to them like, "Same again, boys." Like, yeah, the foot is on the neck and don't lift it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And, no mercy. Yeah, and you look at other things like when Germany slapped Brazil by eight, and you can you can clearly see in that game where like I think Ozil has a basically a, a clear goal and he blatantly passes it wide because I think Brazil were hosts or something like that and they basically like just paid respect to them by not slapping them yeah. double figures. But United were tuning up yesterday. 
and they that could have been five, six, seven by half time if they didn't lift the foot off the gas. If yeah. they went for the juggler, and it's that lack of killer instinct that we don't have right now, yeah, no matter who the opponent is, it's bad. It's and really the bad. That, the fact that we don't have the capabilities of going into the the transfer market to buy a striker or even loan a striker with the financial fair play restrictions and Ten Hag has mentioned that in the press conference last week for that game yesterday like it's it's tragic but I will say and I and I I tweeted it out yesterday Uh, this was when we we were at two all we are an embarrassment this season and we are going to be like there's going to be more embarrassments to come in the next couple of months now I I tweeted as well when they scored the second goal it was just like we are a joke but just to the United fans who listen to this podcast, yourself, David, just enjoy what happens behind the scenes. Enjoy everything that unfolds behind the scenes yeah. from February onwards and you can because s- it's going to be cutthroat. Well, we could see the reaction fuck. of Pep when he was asked about it. Do you know I mean? He really tried to play it cool. He's a nice guy. Da, 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 da. And what did he say? Don't expect any major changes or anything like that. You could tell by his reaction that he wasn't happy. He was not happy. He was not happy at all. And then the big news, the big news, can we get a drum roll <laughs> over here? Liverpool fans are commiserations. You're about to get your post-Fergie era, my friends. Do you think so, though? I think we should Who, not. I, we shouldn't mate, be saying Come on, let, let's be real here. Klopp is no, no, you're right. unbelievable. You're right. He is, um, he is one of the best coaches on the entire planet right now. Who do you get in there to replace him? And why is he jumping ship? That eight points on top of the league. I think. Well, I, what, I, what's going on? No, he's definitely tired. He's agitated. You've seen an interview. If that if, if that fucker is tired when he's sprinting onto the halfway line to hug Allison, he's sprinting the length of the <laughs> thing to be pumping up the crowd. If that fucker is tired, God help he who's ever gone I in think, there. I think. Um, see, this is the thing. Like, Dragon's getting the Germany job for the World Cup. No, I think he's going to take a year out. Uh, he could get the Germany job. Um, Go back to Dortmund. No, the, I mean, the Real Madrid-Barcelona jobs are quite enticing. Ancelotti has signed an extension, but I could I see him waiting it out. I don't think Barcelona are going to be his, his cup. I don't know, the way that board is run, you see, like, Xabi's Barcelona mad, through and through. Like, it's they, mad the way Real Madrid are are far more attractive than Barcelona from a footballing structure sense yeah. now. And that's where I think Klopp could end up. Um, and I think he suits the way Madrid play far more than the oh, way Barcelona play. Absolutely. Um, Madrid, Madrid are and are heavy metal rock and roll in, in in Spain with with the pace that they have going forward, and then you have Jude Bellingham, who is a fucking he's an, an X factor player. And I also you know? I also think the way the Madrid fans are probably quite similar to Liverpool fans that like the, yeah. the, the it, it's more than football to them. Yeah. And, the, and the club is more than just a football club to them. And in, in all respect to Liverpool fans, that's the way they are. Like they were a mid-table, yeah. they were a mid-table team for a de- for over a decade yeah. from my whole childhood. But every year, this is our year. If Klopp comes into Real Madrid, game over. It's game over. For, I'm, I'm saying it, it's game over for a lot of teams and the Champions <laughs> League. Be, yeah, because he will. You know, with the money, the players, the structure, yeah. the club, the size of the club. And they're a young team now. Yeah. They are a young, like your well, man Militao is about twenty five. Um, Bellingham's twenty. Bellingham's twenty. Uh, just going from, from starting from the back four. Your man Mendy is young enough. Who do they play alongside Militao? They have Alaba and they have someone else. There's someone else. Ru- Rudiger must yeah. be the oldest player Rudiger. in the team. Sorry, they, yeah, they've Rudiger. 
Uh, Kraus and Modric would be the <laughs> oldest two players, but they're going to ship out now because you have Camavinga, Chiumani, uh, Val- um, Valverde, whatever his Valverde name is. Valverde yeah, and the- Bellingham, and then they have Vinny Junior on the left, and they're probably going to sign Mbappe. Yeah. So. And then. And Rodrigo, is it Rodrigo's yeah. quality as well? Well, I won. I wonder if. I wonder if they hold out for when the crows come a crowing. And people like De Bruyne and, and Haaland decide to jump ship. <laughs> like, let, let's be real here. If yeah. City get a massive point deduction, there's no way Haaland's going to be fighting out on fucking relegation. Idris De Bruyne. Well, that's another thing. And we spoke about it last week. We had Calvin O'Brien from Talking Bollocks on. And was that a, was that a sign of things to come with, with Omar Barada jumping ship to yeah. Manchester United? You know, it's essentially, we, 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 we'll see what happens with City. But you, I mean, things but are as, things as, are going to rapidly develop. But this is the, this the is the thing. Like as as you had said about you, you said it last week, and you just touched on it there that United fans should be getting more excited about what's happening off the yeah. pitch behind the scenes as opposed to what's on it. And I think him coming to United from City is the first real power move that United have made since signing yeah. Van Persie. When United went out and, and took Van Persie off of Arsenal, that was a power move for the league. That's what yeah. you just told the whole league, yeah. You sit up and pay attention now because yeah. we're, we're, we're taking this. And this is the fourth power move that the club have made since yeah. then. And, and it goes to show as well that Ineos are... They're not, they're not fucking around in a sense where they, they don't care who they bring in. If it's someone from Liverpool or City yeah, or whoever, yeah. they're bringing in the right people. They're not... The people that they want. They're, they're kind of letting the traditions go of bringing in people who know the club inside out. It, it's that's that, that's all well tried, and, that's all well and, and good. Bring in people that know football inside out. It's been tried and tested and it failed. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. But but on another note, they will still have Alex Ferguson there as a massive influence. Um, and if players want to come and sign for the club and they want to meet up with Alex Ferguson to have a a twenty minute discussion with them, I'm sure they will allow that to happen. Unlike a certain fucking. Director of football who blocked that with you mm. Bellingham a few years ago, Mr. John Murtaugh. <laughs> now, and like you know, like obviously you would want Jude Bellingham in your side. Anybody in the world would. But from a footballing standpoint and not a United standpoint, Jude Bellingham not signing for United was the greatest thing that's ever happened to that kid's career. Boy, oh Moyle. god, yeah. Boy, a Moyle. For, oh yeah, for our own selfish reasons. You'd, lo- general, you'd love him from a general standpoint. Absolutely, probably the. The kid made the right move. Yeah. I've also said, I mentioned this to my brother last week, I think the most important thing that Ineos should do, obviously infrastructure is massively important, training ground, Old Trafford, bringing in the right people, but with regards to recruitment, players, look, please try and go all out for Jude Bellingham in, in four or five years. Oh, I don't know if that's going to happen. Do you think he's, 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 he's a lifer at Madrid? He might be. And then he goes back to Birmingham when he's like 35, 36. I, th- I, think, I think he can probably look at Bellingham. Do you, do you not think like, though in, in a couple of years after he, he probably could, could win the Champions League, La Liga, he's thinking, oh, I want to go to the Premier League. I, wanna pl- I haven't played in the Premier League yet. I don't know. Like, did, you see the, did you see some of the England squad slagging him off during the international break? He screams, vamos, to the crowd. So, I know. Do you know what I mean? So, Bellingham is twenty at the moment. Would you? If he's you got so much in the time. Five years, twenty-five. Like if you five, wanted, six years. Five, six years. 
you, you think do, it, do you it, not still want a young team? Well, I mean, he's twenty. He's, he's twenty-five. He's going to be hitting his his, his prime. Yeah. Like you look at him now. So we we obviously don't know. Like Michael Allen hit his prime very very young and then had a drop off. See, so we don't know what's going to happen with Bellingham. Like he, he's won it. Like no no player is exempt from it. He's one injury away from from having a drop off. Um, Van Dijk is a prime example of that. Had a horrific injury and it took him to go to two years to get to get back. Well, not even get back. Even just get close to where he was. Yeah. Like he was Because I believe Konate is actually better than Yeah, this is what I'm this season. is what I mean. Like Van Dyke went from being one of the greatest defenders in the world mm. to being the, not even the greatest defender at his own club. And an injury done that to him. Yeah. Nothing else. So all it takes is one horrific injury to that young lad and all of a sudden his whole game changes. Yeah. He's not as effective or he's not as good as he as he once was. I think twenty five is still very young. But if you look at the transfer market William Ronaldo is the Biggest prime example of that. But also, if you look at the transfer market now and the prices that players are going for, if Bellingham is on this trajectory, stays injury free at twenty four, if you are talking like Neymar money, oh, you're talking, you're, you're talking, a, a, you're talking, a, finally that transfer fee being broken. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Mbappe will break it because he's going to go for little or nothing or free. Yeah, so th- that's where that's going to go. So if Bellingham goes, Madrid are going to want a world record fee for him. Yeah. Easily, like they wouldn't have given that sedan number if they if they didn't think so either. Yeah, give him the number five. Um, yeah, I I think as well. I think they'll be a lot more shrewd when it comes to business. Oh. They're not going to overpay. No. And, and here's here's the crazy thing: they've hired the architect who done Leicester City's training Leicester ground. Leicester City's training ground in that we paid for with we Harry Maguire's fee. <laughs> So well, we, we paid for their training ground and now we're paying for the architect that made their training <laughs> ground to buy our training ground. The moves are being made. They they met with Must, the Manchester United Supporters Trust, um, which was such a refreshing thing to see because the Glazers just haven't bothered their whole in contacting any Supporters <laughs> Trust. Well, I think the thing is, like, then, why, why do United fans expect this from the Glazers? <laughs> they, just, other, like, yeah. they don't care. Yeah. They really don't care. Like, I spoke to my brother there the other day about people complaining about the Glazers not being completely out. I'm sorry, but what the fuck can we do? This was the only option. I'm sure Ratcliffe went in with an all-in offer and realised I don't, well, I don't these think, guys don't, I don't want that. The only way to get these guys out is to wean them out. I don't think, Ratcliffe, I, I don't of think Ratcliffe went in with an all-in offer. Do um, you not think so? No. I don't, did, I don't, he went in for an all-in offer for Chelsea though, didn't he? Yeah, but Chelsea aren't as expensive as we are. Um, They're about three billion, really. I, I think, first of all, I don't think Raf, Ratcliffe has the funds in order to to yeah. do the, the, a complete buyout the way the Qataris did. But I think what Ratcliffe was smart enough to see was the Qataris offering the asking price. That asking price being raised, the Qataris offering that, the asking price being raised. I think, as you said, Ratcliffe knew just from how they were negotiating with the Qataris an all-out buyout is just it's not it's yeah. not there it's not it's not possible no matter how much money something up with the SEC filings with the Qatari yeah you know but the, the, an all-out buyout an all-out buyout was never on the on the table ever but I think it was at Ratcliffe I just think he he came in with a little bit below the asking price I think he offered a little bit uh, I think he, he came he came in with a fee that was a bit higher than the actual market price mm but those greedy fuckers wanted more. Nah, here, look, you put, put it this way, like, you, you don't slaughter a cash cow. 
and that's why the Glazers are holding on to, on to something to do with the club yeah and, and they will hold on to for as long as they can next year Radcliffe, Radcliffe could buy another 25% and all of a sudden he owns 50% yeah. and then the following year he could buy 10% and now he's a majority shareholder yeah. do you know what I mean the, the Glazers will cling They'll, they'll cling yeah, but I think, to whatever I think they can they're, I think they're aware they're aware they're going to make a few quid over the next couple of years um, from purely from marketing and then they'll be weaned out over the course of time mm. they've actually there was um, Adam Crafton from The Athletic um, posted an article last week about the uh, Ratcliffe Ineos actually having more control over some of the commercial aspects of the club as well. So the Glazers have kind of handed that over. So you're starting to see... A shift. The, 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 yeah, you're starting to see... A shift transition in, happening. Yeah, in the power, power dynamics. But it's going to be slow. Oh, and yeah. like the only way I'd... I, you know, look at the Glazers now. Uh, look at them as silent investors. You, you may as well look at them in, in that way. They will be... They'll be gone completely in a few years. This was the well, only we option. Hope. This was the only viable option that was on the table, and we have to accept that as supporters. I fucking can't stand the Glazers, but there's some fans online who are gung ho, fucking no, no, I want them out. It's a disgrace, and they're like they're yep. pointing the finger at Ratcliffe and Ineos and saying that they're a disgrace for not fucking coming in with a with a full offer. Like this is these what people that don't understand this business. is this is what I'm saying. I don't I honestly don't think a full buyout was ever even on the on the table. I think if Ratcliffe had come in with the same money that the Qataris did, the Glazers would have just continued to raise the price. They they were yeah. I don't think they ever had intentions of actually selling it, ever. But yeah, I think this is this is the right move. It's it's gonna it's like the club has cancer and Ineos are an antibiotic. They are chemotherapy. And we will yeah. eventually eradicate them from the club. It's just going to take I, time. It's going to be slow. Funny you mention that. I go back to one of our earlier episodes. Didn't Carl Spain? He said that as well. And yeah, we needed someone to come in, a cure in a sense. Yeah, to come in and I think I think the Qataris would have been a magic pill. Gone and <laughs> gone and won. But were they? How like? I think so. Like, was it legitimate? If we could look up the SEC for because there was well, you know, the something th- dodgy about you know, what was going you know on the thing there. is, right? Like I think every United fan would have would have liked the idea of the Qataris coming in, wiping out all the debt, being a hundred percent owners, the revamping yeah. the stadium, new training facilities, pumping loads of money into the community. Mm. All of that is amazing, right? But on the other side of it, every single United fan, ourselves included, would become hypocrites immediately. Because all we do is give Newcastle and City stick for their sugar daddy owners. And then mm. we would have a sugar daddy owner that takes us from the shithole that we're in now. I think with Newcastle though, I think they are, those, their owners have come in at a, at a time where financial fair play is, yeah, they're a, little bit is a massive, there's massive spotlight on that now. Yeah. There wasn't obviously when City came in Um Bow, Bowley, I don't, he's just taking the piss. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's there's a silent uh, majority investor there's Saudis involved in Chelsea I think that's there's a big rumour about that as to why they just spend stupid money on players but which I think Newcastle are going by the the financial fair play regulations they're They're, forced to they're forced to they're forced to yeah Um, and probably because their owners are you know so upfront and like people know who own them people know where the funds are coming from yeah do you know what I mean Um, it's out in the the open it's out in the open and then because of what's going on at City 
there's a there's a microscope, not even a magnifying glass, a microscope on everything that Newcastle do. So yes. they are walking on eggshells the whole time, making sure that they're you know squeaky clean. Yeah. Otherwise, they know that they're completely fucked. <clears throat> yeah. Because we know for a fact, you look at what's had to happen to Everton. Like City are fucked. Fucked. Like they are fucked. It's not going to happen next week or next month or probably not even next year. But when it does happen, was, they are. That was one charge. Yeah. City are fucked. They are. And they can win as many leagues and as many Champions Leagues and stuff as they want. Because when you look back at the record books in years to come, there'll be little asterisks next to all of it. Because none of it was legit. Yeah. None of it was. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, they can have all the leagues they want. And that's another thing, going back to Klopp. He's fucking tired because of the juggernaut that he, well, he com- has to face. Do you know what it is? Of course you're tired, right? Because if you get into a boxing ring, right? And... Let's say me and you get into a boxing ring, mm. right? And I'm steroid up to the max. Yeah. And you're not. You're gonna be knackered. And that's what Klopp is fighting. Or if you if you wanna if you wanna go into kind of nerd terms, superhero, but, I'm Wolverine and you keep hitting me. And you heal every and time. I heal every time. Yeah. That's 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 exactly what Klopp has probably gone up against. That, that's what he's that is what he's fighting. That is what he's fighting. Mm. He wins the league and City go, okay, yeah, no, but I'll go buy 100 million on, on Jack yeah. Rich. <laughs> and, then, and then Klopp is just like, uh, like oh, okay, like, who, who, do, who do I go get? Like, I think they... I think they might... I think they might just leave altogether the, the Abu Dhabi group. From City? If it, yeah, when, when, it, when things get pretty close. You can't just leave. To sell it to somebody, they might sell. Yeah, well, they have to they sell. Might open leave. You can't open leave. Who are you? Who are you going to hand the club to? Yeah. They, like it's not as if like say look if the Glazers wanted to just leave if they wanted to just tr- throw the keys in and walk away. Radcliffe is there. Ineos is there. Mm. So they don't like realistically they don't have to sell it to them. They're obviously they're obviously not going to walk away for nothing. But if they wanted yeah. to, they could just be like here, Jim. Have they? Have they? Is there any talk of them lining up replacements for Barada? Because I know Barada worked underneath your man Begaristan. Yeah, I haven't heard that of it. But this is the thing, because they are the out-and-out owners of the whole club, who do you hand the keys to? Yeah. They have to sell it to somebody. Yeah. And then even then, like you, you look at what happened with, with uh, Big Ram, with Chelsea. Like I mean, like the, the, club <laughs> re- the club struggled to sell the club for a while because no one wanted to touch it. Tr- like, Trey took the sponsor Sorry, off. I thought you were talking about Lukaku. They oh, struggled okay. to sell him. Well, they did. <laughs> Everybody struggles to sell him. Rome, Rome, yeah. The, the spo- Jeez, forget about Abramovich. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But like, if you look at what happened with Chelsea, like Trey took the sponsor off the front of the jersey and everything for a while. They did. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they were playing without a sponsor. Yeah. So like there's there's lots there's lots of legal commercial um things that go on in, in the background and even just the buying and selling of, of clubs like and City are in a position now where if that Abu Dhabi group wanted to just like throw in the towel, like they can't. It's, it's you know what, it's amazing. You talk about sponsors, how it really it hurts owners. It it hurts their pockets when sponsors decide to act up. And I just go with an example. I don't know if anybody's heard the news about Vince McMahon in the last week about the lawsuit that was filed against him from an employee. Well, it basically, he internally was um, sex trafficking this employee within the WWE. Fucking horrible stuff, like. And um, how did he? He's escape still a stockholder. He's still a stockholder in the company at that point. And then one of their biggest sponsors uh, for their pay per view, the Royal Rumble, decided to pull out the night before. And then Endeavour, who now own the WWE, your man Ari Emanuele owns the UFC as well, just 
about an hour later, he's gone. He's resigned. He's off the board, everything. So it's just amazing what sponsors can do to her club. Oh, yeah. But we go to City. <laughs> the sponsors. Some... They're all owned by the same bloke. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Nobody knows what they are. You can't hurt what yourself. What is this? You can't hurt yourself. Brand new betting app that was made last week. Yeah, yeah. So this is where, you know, yeah. this is where the Wolverine theory comes in. They just fucking yeah, regenerate absolutely. and come up City's... with either a new player and or a new sponsor. City's new, <laughs> City's new billion pound sponsor is a local corner shop. Yeah. <laughs> but they make it really fancy. Yeah, it's like yeah. Pimp My Ride. They pimp the local corner shop. Yeah. The, the brand, the brand new Manchester shopping centre. <laughs> Brought um, to you by the Happy Happy Group. Oh, David's got something here. I was going to move on to the next topic, which I really don't want to talk about, but it's fucking a migraine. These are all the sponsors for for City. Right, Nissan. That's legit. Fake. Medea. Fake. Nexon Tire. Fake. Uh, Joy. Fake. Why are, why have they got Joy as their sponsor? That's J O I E. Joy did they not do like car seat? I, I have a Joy um, Stick. baby seat in my car. They're baby seats for cars. Man yeah. sponsored by baby seats. Baby yeah. No one that, baby Pep, no one that Pep looks tall and dug out. Pep's on a booster seat. Regional part Leo Vegas. Eight this is where eight xbet.com port sportium sporty bet. <laughs> Dude wipes. <laughs> Dude wipes. Uh, noon. Animoca brands. First Abu Dhabi bank. Well, that's obviously legitimate, but like, fucking hell. Is it legitimate? A man owns his own bank. Do you take a look at these? I'm going to look at United sponsors because surely we have some fucking shitty ones in there as well. Oh, we have some pathetic ones. Uh, team Viewer. Obviously, Collier Tires, Cadbury's DHL. DXE technology. I can't be, I don't know Cabri. Uh, Canon. Um, uh, the wine, Castle Diablo. Oh yeah, Castle yeah. Uh, Konami. Do you know they used to make um, Pro Evolution? Oh, they still do? Yeah, they still do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, AOG still there, CB Bank, uh, Emirates, uh, NBD, Eurobank, Marriott, Maybank, obviously Adidas, <laughs> Chevrolet. Uh, Apollo Tires. Have we got two tire sponsors? I'm hearing a lot of potential sponsors for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, here, lads. Yeah, you are getting like, yeah. one of you was like a huge plug oh. there. Apollo, actually, who who's the richest? Adidas. Yeah, you actually answered me DMs once and was on the United's actual Instagram. That's 20 million followers. Sponsor the podcast, Adidas. And DHL. Do you know how many Oh, no, parts... they've done us dirty with their jerseys. Yeah, but Shite. they can make up for it by sponsoring the podcast. Said it, Do you know what? Actually, Cadbury's. I'm from Kulak. Why do they, yeah. they go past that fucking factory every day? And do you know the absolute bang of the... Oh, of that the, smell. That smell of the cocoa it's, being melted. It's, the co- it's been melted, isn't it? Yeah. Wasn't the Tato factory there as well? It was, yeah. Acro- oh, the smell from that factory. Across on the UC, uh, across on the UCI. Oh, rancid. And there was also a jam factory around there as well. G- uh, Jeepers or whatever it's called. Fucking hell, you were getting all sorts of You should have been sense. kids in Fingless. We had Manhattan popcorn. Yeah, oh my God, remember that went on fire? The whole of the north side of Dublin smelled like, it? smelled like popcorn and peanuts for about a month. Uh, right, uh, moving on. Marcus Rashford. Mm. Out on the town in Belfast. The, what, the night before the game? What a piss take. Yeah, it's a joke. You see him doing the, the celebration in the club? 
He got an official photo taken in the club. He was out. Down this? No, and he did the. the, the oh, he done this out. Oh, get in the bin. Point, the point that was for. Listen. Get in the bin. You can do whatever you want in your own time. Whatever you like. He's earning so much money, he can do whatever he likes. But when that interferes with your profession and with the football club that you play for, that have looked after you, it just. it there's a, There's a line that has to be drawn. And it seems as if. He has taken a side in this whole Sancho debacle. Mm. It seems as if he's upset that his mate is gone. He's also testing the waters. Um, it's honestly, it's it's the behaviour of a spoiled child, mm. the way he's going on. Um, we go back to his celebration after he scored against Spurs there a few yeah, weeks ago. With the closed mouth. Closed mouth going at the fans and then he goes and does this. Like, what, what, what do you what, want him gone? Or what, what, like, do you, are you going to go straight to the point here? Cause well, well, do you know what? Like, don't get me wrong. He's a, he's a smashing player when he wants to be. Unbelievable player when he, want, when he wants to be. Keyword when he wants. When he wants to be. Right? But the issue is that United have had over the years is too many players that are world class when they want to be. Yeah. Martial world class when he wants to be yeah. Pogba world class when he wants to be Sancho world class when he's not playing FIFA Rashford world class when he wants to be and if you want to be at the pinnacle of football yeah. you look at that Liverpool side that almost went the entire league un- unbeaten I think Palace end- ended that run um, mm. you look at the City team that done 100 points City went on and won, won a treble like if you want to be at that level, the level that is now required, now, credit where credit is due to Fergie and the sides, the leagues were obviously very different and football was also very different. The levels required to win the league now are higher than they've ever been. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever been. And that's why Klopp is knackered. Mm. Right? You cannot get to that level if you have players that only want to be world class when they want to be or they're trying to the toys out of the pram yeah. because their mate's been sent out on loan he fell out with the manager or, or um, you know people are giving out because you're, you're lost 2-0 but you're doing a dance routine in the dressing room or whatever like I'm telling you now if, we, if my team got slapped around 3-0 and someone's doing a dance routine in the dressing room I'm slowly tackling the fucker yeah. like it'd be on the news Paul Pogba injured <laughs> yeah, why? because he got slowly tackled in his own dressing room <laughs> Like it's it's mind it's mind boggling, and you know what it boils do you down. You know to? what it, it is. They don't care. They don't care. You look that player like. Oh, you saw the manager isn't blameless, but the, the manager has taken on an approach where he is unbelievably strict, and discipline has become a main factor at the club. And it mm. was in his first season, and the players probably realised that. Oh yeah, we need to sharpen up a little bit here, but it's continued on again this season. So you're just weighing them, and, just weighing them out. They're kind of like, well, you just weighing them out. It's it it, it for me. What, you know, from the outside looking in, it's kind of like, oh well, we were good for you last year. Why are you act? Why are you still acting like this with us this year? It's you know, that's 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 what I'm thinking about Rashford. Yeah, you know, he he got a right kick up the arse when Ten Hag came in, and he had the best season, his best individual season ever. And now this season, he's got his brand new contract. Um. Things haven't gone his way. His mate has left, mm. um, and I just think Ten Hag is follow him. I'm sure you do. Ten Hag him. has has has, a, a, you know, a, quite a, a discipline, a disciplined approach. 
as he with this squad of players. But they're all up in arms about it. But not all of them. But some of the influential players, like Rashford, is up in arms about it. But you t- you speak about Pogba, you speak about Martial and Sancho. Rashford was playing with those those guys. Well, we said this on the podcast Since before. 2016. We said it on the podcast before. So he's that he's it, that culture it, of, is ingrained in him. Yeah, and he knows now different. Yeah, and there's there's probably an element now where he's feeding the toxicity of of the club. He's the person now that's feeding it because he knows now different. Yeah, he grew up in it, and that's now. I'm not saying that he's a toxic person, but he is a, a victim of circumstance here because he grew up in that toxic environment and he knows now different. And then when someone comes in and tries to upset the apple cart, just showing his toys out the pram, go, mate, it's fine. I don't like it's absolutely fine because let's let's be real right now. And in, in, in football, in terms, does does Rashford offer you in spades more than what Garnacho does? No, he really doesn't. He actually doesn't. And then if you play him down the middle, he doesn't offer you more than what Hoyland does. And he he point blank says that he doesn't like playing down the middle, anyways, and he doesn't like playing on the right. Yeah, preferences. Really, you shouldn't talk about that. Go have a chat with John O'Shea about preferences. Yeah, you should you you shouldn't really talk about that. Really, well, I don't like playing. For, I, I I rather I'm more comfortable in my. But it's this whole thing. Like it was that argument with Paul Pogba as well. It was like, oh, he's played out of position. If you are a world class footballer, you should be able to play in any position on that pitch and have an inf- an influence on it. And this argument, Pogba was played out of position. He was played as a six. He was played as an eight. He was played as a ten. He was played on the left. Mm. Like Ollie moved that fucker around the pitch all the time to get the best out of him, and at times he did get the yeah. best out of him. But it wasn't consistent enough. But here's the problem with Marcus Rashford. Marcus Rashford acts as if he is a champion footballer. Yeah. Is if he 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 does sponsored ads. He does interviews. He does. An in, he did an interview with LeBron James, Kevin Hart, and it was like a HBO special. And he was brought into this interview as if he was a champion footballer. Yeah. He is not a champion footballer. He's not a Kevin De Bruyne. He's not an Erling Haaland. Well, the main difference between them is the word champion. Rashford has won what a Carabao Cup, an FA Cup, and a Europa League. Yeah, he's he's just playing for arguably the biggest commercial. Club in the world football club in the world and that's what gives him an advantage and that seeps into his attitude as well fuck titles fuck this and that and it's so obvious like he had such a good season last year and December 2022 I was tweeting out that he was one of the best players in the world and he was he was one of the best he's players in the world that, he's that capable point. of getting to that level yeah he was for a few months he was a demon but go, it was unreal honestly for for the sake of for the sake of the greater good so to speak we quote Sean of the Dead the greater good oh is it no uh, Hoffles Hoffles <laughs> the greater good Um, yeah let him go let him go be world class somewhere else honestly I don't care yeah I don't care because the thing is um, it's it's horrible but it, it has a, been he's proven he's player that young players are looking up to yeah. now as well. but it's also been proven right because Pogba in the in the documentary and I'm going to show you United Woody should have offered me a contract da, da, da. where are you now mate <laughs> where are you we're now? waiting we're waiting Paul yeah. we're waiting um, and the same thing will happen with Rashford yeah, if you in your player now yeah that, that's, <laughs> this is what I mean right um, isn't it a cycle though it absolutely is players that come in that even academy players like Rashford come in 
great player, unbelievable, and then they get cocky and then they get, yeah. oh, I'm going to, I can do whatever I want. But My it's, mates after going, so I can go and do what I want. And then the, the coach, the like manager, Ten Hag gets shafted because of it. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening, right? And it's happened to every manager since Fergie because the discipline has been constantly been allowed to slip because they managers have been under so much pressure to get the results that they've been allowing the players to basically, they're just mollycoddling them. But here's the difference between Rashford and, say, Mainu. So Mainu's come in, but you can tell when you're watching Mainu on the pitch, you can tell that he's also mature off the pitch, that he has a bit about him off the pitch. His, you know, his head is firmly strapped on. He knows what he's doing. He's a mm. young kid. He knows what it takes to get into the team. Like, the, the maturity... It, it translates onto the pitch mm. from what he's doing off the pitch. I also, if you if you look at Rashford when he was he broke into the team, outstanding, exciting talent, but raw. He was raw. With Kobe Mainu, I don't see any rawness. There's no rawness at all. I don't see that. He's prime. So, so there's the difference. And I also, an example as well, is that kid from Brazil that Real Madrid have signed, Endrick. I watched them being interviewed. They signed him for like 40-something million. He's 16 years old. The, the next name or next... But I watched him in an interview and he just spoke about like his discipline as a player and how mature he is and how he's not interested in partying, none of that. He's just interested and focused on his football. And I thought, oh... So it, it it's all about the attitude. This oh, is what people time. need to realise. Big time. You know... 60 million. You can have all the talent in the world in any profession. Any profession in the world. Doesn't mean you're going to go right to the top. No, just I, because you have that talent. Yeah, it's it's that whole thing, isn't it? Like, uh, work rate beats talent every time. So it's like, 100%. like that old cliche. John. Work rate and respect. Yeah. but Respect you, is a huge if you, thing. If you, like, Messi and Ronaldo are, are two prime examples. Messi is... Like I'm not saying that Messi doesn't work hard. He obviously does. You don't yeah. get to, you don't get to those levels without working hard. Yeah. Absolutely. But Messi was never a raw talent ever. You look at clips of him at ten years old. Yeah. He's basically the exact same player as he is now. Yeah. Like God given talent. You know, in, in Hercules, when uh, in uh, the story of of Achilles, the gods grab him by the, the the ankle and dip him in the fucking water, and that's why his Achilles is the weak part. That's what happened to Messi. God basically just said, "Here, mate, you are a gift to the footballing world. Well, you're welcome." Ronaldo was raw. Ronaldo had raw, raw potential yeah. and it needed work and discipline and he's probably one of the most disciplined footballers who's ever been. But he worked on it. This is what I mean. Like, and every day, Doesn't drink. On, off the, on and off the pitch. Yeah. And it's it's that level of discipline and work rate that got Ronaldo to, to be on Messi's level. But or, if you look at the close to it at least of, of Ronaldo and Messi, it's not as if Messi went into autopilot and got to the very top. He also, yeah, he he also instilled work rate onto himself when he was at Barcelona. So the and standards them, though, and standards, and the two of them were at the same trajectory. Can you tell me, like you know, Messi's sponsored by Adidas. He's probably one of their highest paid athletes. Mm. But can you tell me, like Messi attending fashion shows, nightclubs, anything like that, openings of. You know, doesn't give a fuck about it. Doesn't he? Doesn't give a fuck about it. And Ronaldo was the same, even though Ronaldo was the most marketable footballer in the world. Ronaldo was also the same. I don't think he had much of an interest in that. He just had uh, a, just this kind of psychopathic interest in just being the very best. Yeah. And so did Messi. 
And I think but these players you only see it now in Ronaldo going to like the UFC sorry, or going to boxing. Yeah. Yeah. You only really see it now later in Ronaldo's career when he's like going to the boxing, he's socialising a bit more, doing all this sort of stuff. But that's because he knows he's he can't be at that level. And he knows I don't think he necessarily enjoys that though. I see him, he do, I don't think he enjoys. I think no, he wants to be playing. That clip when he's there with, with McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> well I think yeah. I think I mean, well he knows McGregor from a few years. Yeah, he, yeah. he went to visit McGregor in Vegas for before the fight with Nate Diaz. But even I seen him at the Tyson Fury fight as well and like he at the the dinner the night before, he was meant to attend that dinner, the dinner I did the gig at. And he decided not to. He just went and showed up for the photograph. Yeah. So I suppose the other thing is like so um there's a, a watch company called Pride and Pinion, Nico, if you want to sponsor the podcast for me. Um but uh, I was up in Belfast and I got introduced to Nico and I've followed Nico online for like years. He has like over two million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. Like big, big, big watch guy, right? And uh, he'd travel in those circles. Like, he'd know the CEOs of LVMH. Like yeah. He's, um, he's been at events with Ronaldo and Messi and all these sort of stuff. Right? And he, he said to me, he goes, he goes, Messi's boring. Yeah. Boring. He goes, Ronaldo's a bit of crack. Ronaldo's a bit of crack, like, but Messi's boring. I've heard that Messi is so boring. But, really. but, yeah, but that, that's why he's not going to those things. He doesn't yeah, want to be there. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be there. So when you meet him at these things, the reason he's boring is because he wants yeah. to be anywhere else other than there. Like, like wasn't there... Didn't Messi do like... <laughs> an advertisement during the World Cup for Saudi but he was CGI'd into the <laughs> yeah because it wouldn't be the chess one <laughs> so was that there the was chess a chess one, one. oh they were oh yeah they were oh, photoshopped that, that, that. so that happens all the time there's uh, there's actually a really cool video on he did a great album with um, Kobe Bryant yeah he did, didn't he so there's a really uh, cool it's actually a photography video on uh, YouTube um, about doing commercial photography and it was actually an ad for Adidas and the photographer only had less than 30 seconds of Messi's time, basically. So he basically put Messi into like one or two poses, basically said like basically run from there to there, that's it. But then got a body double in and photographed him for the course of an hour. Yeah. And then basically just composed this whole shot for Adidas of Messi. But he only had Messi for less than 30 seconds. Do you know what I mean? So one of that is what, like one, their time is valuable. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there's so much going on. Whereas like you only have 30 seconds that's it you're well, out and then the other side of it is Messi probably doesn't want to be there but going back to Rashford and he deserves Rashford all, wants to be all everywhere all because, <laughs> yeah he does and he and you know cut him some slack he does deserve a ton of credit for the philanthropic work that he has done yeah absolutely in the last couple of years but I just think he I think that the likes of the, some some players who have to have kind of brought in this Really toxic culture at the club the last couple of years have, has brushed off him. Yeah, I think and so. it's 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 detrimental to his career. And I think him, you know, doing that, being out in the town, you know, when the club is at such a a rotten point with regards to things happening on the pitch, he's he, I suppose he's probably like the rest of us. He thinks, oh, this is a write off. I don't care. Yeah, and well, and he's also he's playing. They're all there's a few of them playing against the manager, and I can see that. Yeah. Well, you know I, I can see. I know t- p- people are going in on Ten Hag and mm. we say it every week, he's not blameless. But my God, like, how much more can you take managing some of these prima donnas? Yeah. And I also noticed in the interview last night, he was interviewed by the BBC, he was very, very snappy with his answers. Mm. And that, I thought, that's, that's worrying. I think mm. that's a sign of bad things on the horizon because 
he's not usually like that he's quite patient yeah. in his interviews but he was very snappy with the interviewer yeah kind of like what what repeat the question and yeah. when it came when it when it um when it cut to Lineker Shearer and Michael Richards and Stewart they were like ooh mm. but Alan Shearer went in on Rashford there yesterday as well yeah well Shearer like I actually like for Shearer you know for, for his hatred you know, for United over the years, I have to say he's a fantastic pundit. Yeah, but in, you know, the, how, um, the, you you look at uh, Shearer and what he's achieved in his in his career. Like, I mean, one major, one real major honour in his entire career. Yeah, R- like really, like won the Premier League with, with Black Blackburn. He could have went to United and yeah. could have been like he's already the league's all-time leading scorer. Like mm. when you think of it, he played for Blackburn and Newcastle. Yeah, and he scored more goals than anybody else. Could you imagine if he signed for United in the nineties? You could probably double that number that he has. Do you know what I mean? So it, here's the thing: it was done. It was done at, at one point. Yeah. And Kevin Keegan came in, and I think we were paying about twenty odd million for him. And all Newcastle could afford was fifteen million. And Kevin Keegan got on the phone to him and begged him, begged, said, "This is a this but is our was, best offer that the club can come up with. Please." But it's also like. Shearer never played for Newcastle for money. Or, no, he played for love. Or for anything else, right? And it's like... But the, he gave 110% yeah. every week. But it's the Even same as like... What's, what's that quote from um, Francesco Totti? I've cheated on every girlfriend I've ever had, but I would never cheat on Roma. Cheat on. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I mean... Um, well, you know, United lack, you know, it lack that, and like, like I said earlier on in this episode alone, that we we lack the killer instinct. But like, I think a lot of professionals, and especially at, at United, um, it's the the lack of fucks they give. Yeah. Right. There's that quote from the Rooney documentary where he says, like, oh, I put extra long studs on because I wanted to hurt somebody, and someone goes, <laughs> like, oh, oh I remember that. Yeah. Uh, who did you want to hurt? And he just said Chelsea. They had just won the league and I couldn't take it. I couldn't accept it. Yeah. Like, that's not even like they scored or, or yeah. I got fouled and I didn't get the decision from the referee so I <laughs> milked a man in the next 50-50. <laughs> they won the league and I couldn't take it, right? <laughs> and in three weeks' time, they were going to the World Cup. Who does he leave one on? The England captain. Yeah. He absolutely m- mauls John Terry. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not condoning that by any means but it's that level got injured in that same game yeah he did yeah. I broke a metatarsal I think metatarsal yeah um, mm. but it's 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 that level of like that winning mentality that when someone else wins and it boils your the obsession piss, like yeah it's, it's the obsession but like name me one player that currently plays for United that would have that like when si- when yeah but <laughs> Well, apparently, um, something happened with him at, Se- at Sevilla. Oh. He's he's not. He's, they said he's not ready to play in the first team. Hannibal, disciplinary issues apparently. Oh yeah, because he probably absolutely mauls someone in training. He must yeah. have done something. I reckon he must have you injured know, a player in training. You 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 can do the voice now. You know that clip where um, Roy Kane turned around and just goes, you know, just like I'm just smash into somebody yeah. just to make myself feel better. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. I honestly reckon you know when all the footballers go into the stadium with the headphones, the headphones on to like hype themselves up for the game. Hannibal 100 percent just listens to that quote. Just smash into someone to make yourself feel better. That's Hannibal's going in there and going, I'm going to melt somebody. Or, or either, it's either that in his ears or it's like the Steve Austin soundtrack. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I find so cringy? I was watching the NFL, I was watching the playoffs, but when the players come in, like 
it, they showed your man Travis oh, Kelsey. The, the fit checks. The fit checks. The fit checks. It's it. fucking. And, uh, it's so cringy. And, and fashion is my thing. I'm a fashion influencer. What do you make of that? I hate it. Did you see Patrick Mahomes in I his purple it. suit? What is it? What do they do? Oh, it's the fit. They walk in. So they walk like in a, all like dripped out. Yeah. And then there's Could like. Could be a three piece suit or. The press there are like. They make a deal out of it. Like the, like the fit checks. They're checking their outfits going into the, into the games or yeah. whatever. Um, but some of them like did you see uh, they've that, got Beats headphones oh constantly did you see well now Dave is doing for us the rap up here now but did you see <laughs> he always um, is every week <laughs> um, there's a there's a clip of it's one of the basketball players I don't know which one it is um, oh is it Jimmy Butler he has like an emo fringe yeah it's Jimmy his, Butler yeah, and his nails are black and yeah. this is for the official photo shoot and all and you know that is like uh, that um, TikTok audio tonight will be the night that yeah. I'll fall for you <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> like what's that level that's fucking wild he just I mean, decided to just for the take, that hairstyle just take, like, take the piss yeah, yeah. But yeah, the fit checks now I, I can't get on board in the fit checks no, that's you're, cringe isn't it but you're, you're, you're there to win you're there to play like you, yeah, like, well, in all fairness to the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL, they're unbelievable. Here, look, pu- put, it this, put it this way, right? The only time in in Premier League history where a club paid more attention to what they were wearing going into a final. <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, 96. Liverpool's infamous white shorts with yeah. the red striped toy. Yeah. But even Liverpool right? fans cringe yeah. at that. They, like... But they wouldn't have cringed if they won. That's a hall of shame moment. But they wouldn't have cringed if they won. If they went on and slapped six goals in in that final and romped home yeah. and then put the white suits back on and then rocked outside, everybody would be like, yeah, what a power move. Yeah, That's yeah. baller, right? Yeah. But, <clears throat> like, this is why like, United, were, like when they were so dominant in that period, it was never flash, ever. No. Club suit, navy, blazer, grey trousers, club trestles, club, club yeah. toy on. It was... It was military precision all With the of the time. the exception of Eric. <laughs> Eric could do what he wanted. Eric could do what he liked. But Eric was also French. Yeah. <laughs> and they generally can do what they want. I mean, they basically turned our whole country upside down over bread. Have I have I mentioned that in the podcast before? Where Giggs tells the story. Oh, his yeah. His yeah. is tie. His tie is a little, little off. At one of the club dinners. And Eric rocks in with no toy on at all. Fer- so Fergie goes up to Giggs. He goes, what are you doing? He goes, go and tighten that tie up now. Oh, and close that top button. What are you doing that for? It was your find the week's wages. He says the gigs, and the, this is the mid nineties. Cantona walks in, the top two buttons closed. He's open. wearing uh, open. Sorry, yeah. He's wearing uh, an oversized suit jacket. Um, he's kind of wearing flared, flary kind of uh, suit pants, uh. and he's wearing a pair of fucking Air Force Ones, Nike Air Force Ones, right, and. Giggs, Fergie just fucking gives Giggs the slap on the wrist and walks by Eric. Oh, Eric, very stylish. Son. <laughs> I tell you, that's yeah. great. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. just, but like, but I'd like, say players are like, eldest. I'd say players are like this but, fucking asshole. For, for, but they probably got in their heads. But the only thing is, he's going to fucking win me. Yeah, he's going to yeah. win me medals. But the thing is, what Fergie really understood is what players needed the carrot and which ones needed the stick. Yeah. So. Cantona goes and drop kicks a fan in the crowd and Fergie goes in and puts his arm around them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Giggs misses a penalty and Fergie goes through for a shortcut. Yeah. Right? There's a there's a clip of it's an the, it's a different approach as he yeah, took with Absolutely. Players. Like if you look if, if you look at Rooney, Rooney played better when he was angry. Right? Oh, for, right? Fergie and Rooney used to have screaming matches. I, I'd have, there's a there's a clip of an NFL footballer that's similar mentality, right? Like he needs to go on to that 
pitch like there's a, a clip of um one of the coaching staff and he's all padded up there and your man is just slapping the head off him and he's pushing up against the wall and he's just <laughs> just pissing this guy off before he goes on. If I like with, with Rooney, you just get La- is it Lawrence Taylor? Oh, fuck knows. I I I couldn't name you two NFL players. He was like a Tom, psycho. Tom Brady is about the only NFL player I can play. I don't even know if he still plays. Travis Kelsey's Yeah, but that's only because he goes out with Taylor Swift. Patrick Mahomes. He's only he's keeping the, he's, he's only he's, he's only keeping he's, Taylor warm for me. <laughs> he's <laughs> sliding me later on. Um Don't hurt me. Right. <laughs> he's much bigger than I am. Don't yeah, hurt me. Just to to finish this episode, um Rashford is in for a rude awakening with this new structure coming in. Ten Hag in by the way, Rashford L. Y- y- you heard what, what Barada wants from players. You've two years. That's that's the deal. You have two years, and if you don't perform or fulfil, you're, you're, you're yeah, you're out. Brilliant. And that that's, that's that is that be. is the new approach. That is how it should be. You've got two years. So Rashford seems to be testing the waters, but he's he's in for a rude awakening if he wants that to continue doing that. Big one with a new structure on board. Um, just on Darren Fletcher, this being episode number twenty four or Onana. Oh, Nana, Nana. yeah. Ah, That's Darren Fletcher. Oh, Nana. I'd like you all to go onto YouTube and uh, type in the search bar Darren Fletcher goal versus Everton 09-10 season. You won't regret it. And then when you finish that, type in Darren Fletcher header versus Chelsea when it was his goal, that looping header that stopped that Chelsea juggernaut. That's also a famous goal. They were unstoppable they were a juggernaut they they really were that was the first team in Premier League history that I thought like how do we beat how do we beat how do, yeah. how do we stop this how do this? we figure them out yeah um, and then it was that well I suppose that you know when United beat mm-hmm. Arsenal's on, on they they kind of capitulated themselves though, yeah. though Chelsea you know yeah like but I remember <clears throat> um, when we stopped the Invincibles I think they were 49 games unbeaten and we had beaten them on game 49. 48, we beat them on game yeah. 49. But if you look back on that game, oh my God. <laughs> if Far was... Neville, Neville should have been off. I think he, yeah. he smashes Reyes twice or whoever it is. Yeah. Um, uh, Vinicius Roy should have been off. I think it's a horror tackle on uh, Ashley Cole. Yeah. Goes way out. He's, he's about knee high and scrapes down the shin. He should have been off. But it was a shithouse game and I loved it. And it was revenge. Yeah. It was revenge from the, the previous game at Old Trafford the season before. Yeah. And this Roy if that game, like if VAR was, <laughs> if VAR oh, was around, fucked. but then if VAR was around last night, poor Scott would probably chalked off. Ganacho was probably borderline off. Yeah. But then also, if VAR was around last night, Ganacho would have had a penalty. Yes, he would have. So. He would have had a penalty. So you know, swings and roundabouts. And on that note of swings and roundabouts, <laughs> this has been episode twenty-four of the United Way podcast. Shout out to Darren Fletcher. Come on the podcast, you weasel. Um, I have been. <laughs> I have been Damien Broderick. That bloke over there right. is Al Foran. And we'll see you next week. And yeah. shout out to our producer Dave for putting up with our shit every week. Yeah. Because he waves, he waves he's his, a, he's a he, wa- he waves his hand like this to tell us to wrap up, and we go on, and we go on for about forty extra minutes. And you minutes. can catch him on Spin One Hundred Three Eight from six to nine, am I? Seven to ten. Seven to ten. Seven to ten. Seven to ten. Spin One Hundred Three Eight Monday to Fridays. Um. See you next week for episode yeah, twenty five. Episode twenty five, the Antonio Valencia episode. Yeah. And we'll also uh, hold on. The Quintum Fortune also with twenty five. 
Ah, come on. Shout out to Quinton. I know, Quinton, <laughs> I know. Quinton. Oh, it's going to be Valencia, come it's on. It's going to be Valencia. We'll also be reviewing two games next Monday, the Wolves game and the West Ham game at home. Oh. We're, in for, we're in for a rough ride. Right, y'all, folks. See we'll, we'll see you then. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Light app.